Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Nick and Adam, and we're going to be talking about Genesis of the Daleks, the classic Doctor Who episode. Um, I, why don't we just get started right away? Uh, you guys probably know more about the Fourth Doctor than I do, so uh, so Adam or Nick, either of you guys, if you want to start. Ah, uh, let's see. I mean, what's what's the question here? We're just talking about the Fourth Doctor here. Well, we're uh, talking about the Genesis of the Dalek episode. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> Ah, man, well, it's, I, I really enjoy that episode. It's got a nice uh, classic science fiction feel to it. I like, I like the fact that it's this episode with all these different factions, and they're all, to some degree, kind of unpleasant, but there's kind of good and bad people in each faction in the episode. I don't know, what are your thoughts about it here, Nick? You know, um, I, I have to admit a, a particular curiosity and love for this episode because this was the very first story of Doctor Who that I ever saw. Oh, and wow. so when I tuned in for the first time, I tuned into Genesis of the Daleks and pretty much that immediately hooked me to make me a lifetime Whovian. So um, <laughs> I have a lot of love for this episode. And on top of the fact that this, of course, is one of the episodes from the very first season of the fourth doctor i think it shows how strong he would become as a you know as a character moving forward so yeah it is i i only recently in the last few years actually went back and watched them in order you know actually chronologically watched that season and i i was really amazed not only at the fact there's kind of a continuity through the whole season but at the fact that it is just so strong. I mean, Tom Baker just kind of came in and and he had the roll down. That's it. <laughs> so absolutely. And that that season, season twelve that you know the story is from brought out all the big guns in the first season for a new doctor. So you had uh, you know the, the Daleks, he meets the Cybermen, he meets the Santarans. you know, he, he came on pretty strong in that season, plus a couple of original episodes were very strong. And so I kind of recommend that, you know, so well, but, uh, Genesis of the Daleks itself, like you said, Adam, and I want to kind of stick with that is that, um, you know, you said that it comes with a lot of factions and that there's a lot of different groups of people that you meet in this story. And all of them are at one point despicable and then at one point <laughs> likable, maybe even at certain points. And I think that's yeah. a very strong thing to have in a Doctor Who story. So. It is. It's uh, yeah. Cause I mean, you know, like the Mutos, you've got the one that wants to murder Sarah Jane, the other one that saves her. You know, you you start with the Kaleds is clearly these bad Nazi guys, but you find out, oh no, there's Kaleds that are actually opposed to what's going on, and yeah, it's it's a very complex episode with that regard. But uh, I don't. So it was your first time watching it, Brandon. What did you think about it? Uh, I mean, what was funny is I've apparently seen a lot of clips of this episode because uh, I, I think, I don't know if it's been in flashbacks on New Who or just, you know, various programs where they've kind of done retrospectives, uh, but I, mm-hmm. I've definitely seen clips of it. And uh, and I didn't I, I didn't realize, uh, you know, that that a lot of the clips went together in a in a in a single storyline like that. But this was a gr- I thought it was really gripping. And I and I should say it's a. It, as a kid, I do remember catching glimpses of the Fourth Doctor. I saw episodes as a child, but I was not aware. I wasn't watching it consciously like when I was, you know, like today when I'm watching New Who. So to me, this is all very new, even though 
when I saw it, Tom Baker was very familiar. Like I, something clicked in the back of my brain when I'm watching it, where it's like, you know, this is, uh, I, I, I there, there's a bit of nostalgia just because I remember him as a kid being on the TV as this character. Mm-hmm. But this this episode, it was very gripping, and the I liked number one. I you know I like the structure of these older episodes where they spread it out over what was it six episodes I think yes um, mm-hmm. you kind of just get a sort of ease into it a little bit more the characters get to explore things at a at a more leisurely pace I think mm-hmm. and the the intensity of the situation was pretty strong this was I mean they were <clears throat> they were sort of trapped in that compound for a good part of the story and 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 just something is like as as innocuous as him having that bracelet and then I forget what it was, but it was basically like their lifeline to get back. The time uh, ring, yeah. yeah. What was it called? It was called the time ring. It was sort of like a miniature TARDIS you can wear on your, your wrist. So kind of the precursor to the vortex manipulator. So, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. So so um but but you know, losing that and then like having to figure out <laughs> a way back to it, you know, that those little things were were I don't know. They, they they kind of had me on the edge of my seat, but I don't. Know, I, I liked it. I thought it was, and definitely had a, like a lot of like. There's a strong Nazi uh, aesthetic to the to the bad guys, um, and I and I did like that they have the different factions, and um, I don't know. It, it just uh, it was it was a good episode. I think this was. I, I've seen other Tom Baker episodes uh, more recently after getting on with the with the New Who, and this one is the best one I've seen, I think, uh, out of all of them. I haven't seen too, too many all the way to completion, but this is definitely the best one, in my opinion, that I've seen. Yeah, well, you did bring up one thing that was interesting about this episode. It's one where he gets to the place he's going without the TARDIS. The TARDIS just isn't in this episode at all. <laughs> it's like basically the, uh, the, the to put it in perspective, in the previous episode, they were going through a, like basically a teleporter and the Tylors intercepted him to pull him into this job. And, you know, there he is. So, yeah, it's a, it's an unusual setup for a Doctor Who episode. And, Nick, you were saying this is kind of considered the first volley in the Time War this episode, right? Yeah. Um, Russell T. Davis, when he decided, you know, he was going to introduce the concept of the Time War, uh, commented when, you know, the newer version of Doctor Who came out and as he introduced the Time War between the Daleks and and the Time Lords he uh, mentions in interviews that he really perceives Genesis of the Daleks as being the first volley in that war and you know as Adam was just talking about the you know the Doctor and his companions get intercepted while they're in the middle of a transmat and the Doctor comes face to face with a Time Lord and the Time Lord says well we have this mission for you we rarely interfere but this is one of those times that we think we should and the doctor is sent to to avert the creation of the daleks themselves and so pretty interesting because usually obviously the time lords just leave things alone and here's a case where they're saying well maybe we think that the world the universe would be better off without these horrible creatures and the doctor takes on that responsibility kind of sees their viewpoint and we have a story in which it's the Doctor's mission, literally, to avert the creation of the Daleks. And this, of course, brings up this amazingly great moral conundrum that happens in like the fifth and sixth episodes 
where the doctor wonders, like, wait a minute, is, is this the right thing to do? The Daleks are morally reprehensible, they're horribly evil, but a lot of good comes from them, because people who would ordinarily be enemies become friends because of them, and, and alliances are formed to, to, to stop this evil, and maybe, maybe more good comes from them than bad. And I think that brings up a, like, is one of the strengths of Doctor Who when you suddenly get to this moral argument where everything seems cut and dry, right? All of us, if we met the Daleks, would be like, ah, we should get rid of them. They're, like, really bad. And then you kind of think about it and go, wow, you know, the world, life, the universe is a lot more complex than that, you know? And I think that's a great part of the story. It's Doctor Who at its best, I think. No, and it's also, I mean, and also because they're going back to the beginning, there's that, he's changing time. So it's like, a, um, you know, the moment you do that, it's sort of, I mean, I guess it's technically not different, but it somehow feels different than if that was the present moment and he had, you know, and somebody had said, hey, this bad thing's going to happen with the Daleks. Why don't you stop it? Something about going back in time and changing the, the past, uh, it seems like, you know, you, you sort of are more aware maybe of the damage it could do. Um, but... But yeah, I don't know. The other thing I liked about this episode was the um, all of the like the politicking, all the like the background politics that were going on on the planet were very, I thought, very mm-hmm. interesting and very, very well done. Um, I mean, obviously, it had to. It was, it was, it was a big political event, and sometimes because of the uh, maybe the budget and the uh, uh, everything, it, it felt a little <laughs> smaller. But I thought they, I thought they did a good job with what they, with what they had to make to, to sort of. I don't know, just the, the the whole thing where 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 Davros is, uh, you know, is, is uh, uh, you know, where it seems like oh maybe he's gonna there's gonna be a coup against Davros, but then he sort of gets the upper hand. Um, yeah. But the, but they actually Precious showed for the falls. Yeah, and they, and they actually kind of showed you how it worked too, because you sort of see it going on. So I just like that. There's there's a really interesting thing about that because. It, it literally, if you, if you watch the episode, if you were to analyze it politically, it really gives you a good viewpoint of how, even when chips are stacked against you or against somebody else, how it's possible to manipulate people into having things unfold the way they want. You know, Davros is confronted by the scientists and they say, hey, we've already agreed. We have more we, we all want this to stop. And then Davros will say, well, if you're convinced that you're in charge, why don't we take a vote? And yeah. everybody can show up and we'll take a vote. And it's like, you've already decided, you know you don't want him to do that, but he's manipulated you into believing that you should be fair because it's the right thing to do. And then the day that everybody shows up to be fair, he literally brings guns, right? He brings yeah. Daleks to the event, right? So you're like, oh, you're not playing fair, but... Though in fairness for him, it doesn't turn out so well either. He has to contend with the creation that he's made. So, um, which which is interesting too to me because because I hadn't seen the and I, and I mean I, it's an old episode, so I don't think we have to worry about spoiling it. But I won't spoil all the details. But the outcome of that episode, I was surprised by because I've seen Davros in newer episodes, and I didn't, I don't know, you know, I didn't know the full sort of like you know linear storyline of his character. So. Uh, mm-hmm. I know it was pretty. It was pretty pretty fun for that reason. Also, this episode held up pretty well, I thought, given when it, it was made. What in seventy five or seventy or seventy five? Yeah. Okay. So, so I mean, because when I was watching it, I visually to me it looked like it was early eighties almost, like just in terms of the the quality of the footage and I don't know, just the overall 
vibe of it. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't feel all that dated, and the story really held up over time. Um, yeah, I felt the uh, a lot. You know, I mean, obviously it's low budget, but I thought a lot of the filming work they did outside and stuff with you know the early scenes with kind of setting up the war situation and stuff. I mean, yeah, it's cheap, but it is the best possible thing you could have done with the budget they had. I mean, it really, it really had that atmosphere, this desperate kind of post-apocalyptic war going on. And uh, and also the dialogue, we don't we don't get as much of that in shows these days, and. Mm-hmm. This had a lot of, again, and it's just a pro, you know, like if you, if you go back and you watch something like I Claudius, you see that there too, but like the, the, the ability for the show to just, just rest and, and let people talk for a little while was, uh, was enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I, I think the initial setup for the story when, I mean, the story literally opens on a battlefield with a bunch of smoke. And you see a bunch of guys in gas masks walking through it. And you think everything's good, and all of a sudden they get gunned down. And that's a pretty heavy start for any show, let alone Doctor Who, right? Yeah. And, you know, I, I think, you know, they, they revisited that in one of the new stories in which we kind of see Davros's, you know, the 12th Doctor. You know, it's clear that they stole directly from this story, setting up the Davros story you saw yeah. in the newer 12th Doctor story. Um, but that, that setup is so strong. I mean, like literally the first episode has the doctor landing in this war zone, him stepping on a landmine, having to like literally, you know, avoid that Harry sets off a, a a mine that almost kills him. Like they set a very bleak tone for that. And it's interesting, like you were saying, Brendan, how, how absolutely critical dialogue becomes in this story it's almost like there's a lesson to be learned about hey when times are really dark and you're in the middle of a war what you say really matters like in who you say it to and how you say it so mm-hmm. yeah with the landmine scene i mean, going back to the pacing of the episode i mean they they spend a lot of time on that landmine and getting the rock under and you know arguing oh move your hand and i mean it's like in you know the the shorter episodes today where it's just boom it's like they wouldn't have really had the time to do that but that was yeah you know, it's just a great little sequence that isn't plot essential but it really adds to the tone and the environment of the story well and that that world war 1 aesthetic and the characters oh go ahead go yeah oh i was i was going to say the characters too are built because of that moment because <laughs> a very simple thing like the doctor just saying thank you harry you know, yeah. <laughs> it is, is very essential to the fact that, like, dude, you just saved me from a landmine. Like, I legitimately appreciate your life. Like, you know. so, yeah, you're say Oh yeah, Brendan. No, but you you definitely see a, one like this, and you you know you know why Baker was the doctor for so long. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the chemistry. I mean, not just between him and the the companions, but him and the camera and the character really, you know, really come through in this episode. Um, this would definitely, I think, I think this was the the right episode to start with for, for this kind of discussion, because I think going forward, this would be the one, if somebody wanted to see a, do- uh, a Tom Baker episode, you know, I, I would, I would point them to this one. Definitely. You couldn't um, do better. I can think of other ones potentially as good, but you, can, you definitely can't do better than this episode. Right. There's, there's, there's one sequence where I think Tom Baker's acting chops and also the core of Dr. Who really comes out in this story. And there's, uh, I, I want to say that it's at the end of the, 
fourth episode or something like that, where uh, the doctor believes that Sarah Jane and, and Harry have both been killed in an attack on the Thal Dome. Mm-hmm. And the doctor's talking to a, a Thal soldier, Batan, I think is her name or whatever. And she asks him, what's wrong? And he's like, I had friends who were in that dome who died. And he's very solemn and very matter of fact. And she's like, what are you going to do now? And he's like, well, I have to carry on. I've got to finish my mission. I've got to do the right thing, right? And in that sequence, you realize, like, (laughs) if you've never seen the story before, right? Those characters, you know, absolutely could be dead, right? And, And we know because of New Who that Sarah Jane's back that, like, she didn't buy it there, right? Like, but... Um, it's such a strong scene, but it also speaks volumes because the reality is that he's not going to give up, even though this horrible thing has just happened to him. And he, he, you can see Tom Baker is just staring into space while he's having this conversation. And he's there for the moment, but he cares so much about his friends. And again, something that's carried over into the new series pretty well, where they, they make the relationships a big deal. And sometimes people will say, well, the early show didn't have such strong relationships, and I might disagree with that when you see a sequence like that. So, okay, that's that's an interesting point. Um, I think um, the uh, what was it the the the, the whole the whole uh, that point about if this were your first time, like if this were actually being aired, that scene definitely would have. And I mean, obviously, you know this because was the first episode you saw. But uh, mm-hmm. that scene would, would have a lot more power, I think. Um, uh, and sometimes that's one of the things that I was a little bit. I felt like because I, I I've I've seen the new series and because you know I just you're just aware just from the ether of a lot of these characters and what happens to them. Uh, I was maybe robbed a little bit of some of that that part of the experience. Um, uh, so yeah, that was definitely a scene like that. But I, I also I liked the World War One aesthetic of the episode. I mean, obviously there was a futuristic aesthetic too, and they were kind of doing a thing where they're combining the you know the old tech and the new tech and all that stuff. But it felt to me all felt very sort of World War One, a little bit of World War Two with the sort of the Nazi stuff going on. Um, but there was kind of that uh, I don't know, they sort of like just opens in like almost like a no man's land type type situation. Um, so like I think Adam, you were saying it had like a very gritty kind of feel. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, but yeah, you know, getting back to the companions too, it's, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you that the relationships were very strong. And I, I think it's worth mentioning too, that Sarah Jane was actually a companion going back to the previous doctor, to the third doctor. So it's like, she's actually been with the doctor a long time, even though Baker, it's one of Baker's first episodes, you know, she's kind of the carry through. And uh, so, you know, it would, it did mean a lot. Sarah Jane means a lot to him. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I think there's, there's other episodes where you, you see more of Sarah Jane. I mean, she did do a fair amount in this episode. It's probably not the greatest Sarah Jane showcase episode, but, uh, but it is a good episode for her. It is. And I'll, I'll say what you were saying, Brendan. I, I do think that the World War One and World War Two aesthetics really work in this. And, and I'll even say, and this is like a weird thing to say, I was in the military uh, for a while, and it's interesting because there's actual strategy that happens, <laughs> like, you know, in terms of the war aesthetic, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, very early, there's there's the doctor and, and Harry and Sarah get to this, like, bunker in this trench, and all of a sudden there's a gas attack, 
so they all put on gas masks, and then the Thal soldiers run over the top of the, 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 the wall and literally, like, attack people and are attacking them. And then and it turns out that the, the Khalids are actually in a bunker, and they open and they shoot everybody down. So, like, their strategy was to, to, to fake how many people that they had in the trenches, and then, like, it's actually a sneak attack on the Thals who think they're making some progress in the war. And it's interesting to see that there's, like, these weird strategic things that are happening in a show that usually doesn't concentrate on military things, right? And I'm not saying mm-hmm. that that's, you know, the focus, but there's some valid, you know, things that are happening there that I think are worthy of note. Well, they're in a military bunker, right? I mean, there's a... There's so a... real. Once you start introducing... Right. Yep. And it's just interesting that by the time they introduce the Daleks, right, like you're like, holy smokes, they've just introduced this like major new weapon into the into the battle it really makes sense with everything that we've seen up to that point. Mm. Now, now, now getting back to that, because I, I kind of I have no military experience. I don't know about you, Adam, but one of the things I always wonder when I see things like this in the show, like when I see and I know it's you know, it's, it's a British show, so they're probably drawing more on British military than American. But like how mm-hmm. how well they're getting that, like I that, I don't know if it, is the hand, is the writer hand waving a million things that a military person would notice or is it is it all pretty, you know, all pretty kosher in terms of the, uh, you know, like, yeah, they're clearly following. Well, I, except... I, I think there's a lot of legitimate kosher things that are going on in there and 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 you know, realizing that 77 was a lot closer to the end of World War II, right, you know, than than we are now. And so I think there was just a, a sense of decorum that works militarily in that. Even even when Nider walks up to, to, to the General Raven, I can't remember what his name is, and just says, oh, General, what are you doing here? Like, and they're like, oh, these, are, oh, you have civilians here. Oh, yes, I do. Like, like you know, you can go about your business, like, he could just tell by how everybody was standing there that like something's not right, you know, like, yeah. And I, yeah. I, I think that's kind of how things work sometimes. And so it, yeah, it's well, neat it, to see that. It's good. Cause Go setting him yeah. up as a, it's, it's all I'm saying. It just, it, that was kind of a smart interaction because everyone was kind of smart in that scene. You know, it's like the guy's kind of indicating to Niter and Niter figures it out and goes on, has a strategy of getting the elevator before, firing but baker's ready for it and gets out of the way so it kind of it kind of sets up this thing early to see wow everyone in this is kind of a little bit clever here and it's it's going to be an interesting showdown it doesn't make anybody an idiot and and it's neat to see that the bad guys are clever too that they're just not you know like i mean they're in the middle of this long war because everybody's outsmarting each other and you know as much as we don't want to believe that quote unquote the bad guys can be smart or make good tactical decisions it's clear that everybody isn't good or isn't bad in this. You know, the same as the Thals are perceived as the good guys because they're the ones fighting the Khaleds and want to stop the Daleks or whatever, but they're using slave labor to load their ship, you know, with, you know, their radioactive bomb, you know, and you're like, yeah, they're not that good either. So, you know. (laughs) Well, it it was interesting too, because like some, you kind of had to get to know all the different factions within, especially was it the Khaleds were the ones that they they were, uh, um, that were in the dome, right? The, uh, yes. Yeah. So, so they were, uh, you know, the, the different factions among the Khaleds were, 
I don't know, like you, you see like, oh, okay, maybe this scientist is, is a little bit, you know, more open-minded and he's, he's, you know, and this other scientist is, oh, but this guy, I don't know, you know, is, there's a, there was a very interesting series of layers going on. And like you said that, you know, Davros and, and Niter, they were, they were one step ahead of, 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 of the good guys in the episode at, at virtually every turn. And so I, I, that I thought he was a great villain, by the way, uh, the, the, the Niter character, uh, he's yeah. kind of mm-hmm. like like very very heavy handed in a lot of ways, but very you know sort of classic villain type character, right? And, and the kind of guy who will meet with you and go, "Hey, man, I'm actually thinking about switching sides and coming to your side. Who's with us?" And then you're foolish enough to spill the beans of all the resistance people. And then he's like, "Thank you," and I now know who all the resistance are. Like. <laughs> So, and he was yeah. so he was so smarmy about that too yeah. when he found. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. I, I think that show has has taught me to be careful when I'm around people. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> They're trying to get. It's a, it's a good workplace like... good workplace lesson, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. The, when the boss is laughed you know, asks for your opinion. We've talked about this show a lot. And what's interesting to me is that we actually haven't talked about the Daleks a lot. And to me, that shows how strong this story is because some of the side characters and and uh, the, the political intrigue and then and some of the military things that are happening are all so engaging that while the Daleks are literally the focus of the story, right, Genesis of the Daleks, um, and, and they're awesome, uh, aren't always the thing that immediately stand out on how strong the story is. No, in fact, I think that I mean they're they're important towards the end, and they're certainly they're looming. They're looming in the background as sort of like you know you know why the episode is important and significant, but it's really it's really all the other stuff. And and I think that's something again I, I've sort of mentioned this, and I don't think this is something uh, particular to to New Who. It's it's just something with you see with a lot of TV series these days, and I think you're seeing it less in New Who. But there there is a tendency in shows now where it's focused on sort of the, the overall story arc and the beats. And sometimes mm-hmm. you get the feeling that you're sort of being shuffled from one episode to the next to get the beat. And this is like the opposite of that. This is, you know, th- there is a really big beat involved. I mean, this is a, one of the most crucial, crucial beats uh, of the show. But you don't, you, you don't worry about that because the episode itself is so good. And it kind of just has time. It's like a, it has time to ferment. It just is sort of... It, it it takes its time with the pacing and 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 so even though the Daleks, like you said, that you know you, when they, they're badass when they when they when they show up, all the other stuff is so good you can enjoy the episode on its own. Um, you, you can enjoy each individual episode of this storyline on its own, and it's uh, I, I was I was sort of captivated the whole way through. It was not a difficult show to get through. And that's not always the case, especially when you get a show from like the seventies and you're, you know, Mm -hmm. you're, you're trying to go through episodes. Sometimes you have to, you know, you have to have a little bit of endurance and that you don't get that sensation with this, uh, with this one. Yeah. Well, it's very unpredictable in this episode. I mean, a a problem with a lot of shows that are slow is you kind of know where it's going. You know, this character is going to win and you're waiting, kind of waiting for things to unfold. But with this, with the, with, because you don't know what the Collins are really up to a lot of time, you don't know the Thals because everyone there, because there are so many gray areas and multiple conflicts going on at once. You're always fascinated in this episode because, you know, anything, it feels like anything could happen at any time. 
and it keeps it fresh. I think that's an amazingly great point, Adam. Yeah, that's that's an amazingly great point, Adam, because I, I this is one of those stories where, you know, when you watch Doctor Who, you expect the Doctor to win, and this is mm-hmm. one of those stories where even when you get, you know, way close to the end, and I'll also keep it spoiler-free, you're just not sure exactly what's going on, and if the Doctor's mission was to avert the Daleks' creation, we know the Daleks are around. So is this or is this not even a win for the Doctor? We yeah, and of course. Not- and, it, and, you know, if you watched it for the first time back then, too, for all you know, he would have erased them from history and that would have been the end of them. And and even, even you know, without giving away how it ends or the choice the Doctor makes... You know, there's no way he could ever know whichever way he went, whether he made the right decision, which leaves a sense of uncertainty over the entire story. And this right. also seems like an episode that is echoed a lot through the new series in terms of mm-hmm. how the you know how he's been characterized, but also like stuff like you were saying, like the Twelfth Doctor's episode with I forget the name of that episode, but there was clearly there was an episode I think last that was, season. Yeah. That was, very, the, uh, very magician's apprentice and the uh, which is familiar. It's a two parter. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, there were a lo- there were a lot of things in that one that that uh, reflected. But even the one like uh, what was the episode? I think it was the first season with the gas masks. The you are you, are you my mummy episode. Um, yep. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There were, that's you know, true. There was, there were, I, empty I was kinda... child. The doctor dances. Yeah. What was that? That was the empty child. The doctor dances was the name of that story. So. Okay. Yeah. So that uh, it, it reminded me a lot of that one. That was was that the episode where Jack Jack Harkness. Made his first mm-hmm. appearance. Yes. I was getting a Jack Harkness. Um, but yeah, I, I I thought this was this was a very enjoyable episode. I I, I did I is is it it's an easy recommendation uh, now that mm-hmm. I've seen it. Um, I guess you know we talked about it being a, a good beginning episode. I'd say I say the one qualifier is. I you know it's a good beginning episode it for the old series if you've watched the new series but I feel like some of the power of the episode does depend on you actually thinking you know knowing something about the Daleks mm-hmm. like if you if it was your first Doctor Who episode oh, ever well and it, it actually did work for Nick so it is still a good yeah, episode it did, yeah yeah well, actually <laughs> yeah. I'm curious because were you aware of the Daleks when you saw it? were you total was you totally uh, that I, hadn't even Truly, I was flipping channels on Milwaukee <laughs> Public Television when I was young, and I was clicking through, and I didn't see the whole story, to be honest. I actually tuned in probably about two-thirds of the way through, and they were, and at that point, they didn't show them episodically. They put them together into a movie format, mm-hmm. and so it was like one long two-hour and 15-minute movie or whatever, and halfway through... I saw these robots that were walking, like going through a thing, and this guy was fighting him. And he's like, "Oh man, we got to stop these killer robots!" And I'm like, "I don't know what this is, but I'm watching all the rest of it." So, you yeah, know. I think I think actually you're right because the, the beginning of the episode really does set up the Doctor's dread of the Daleks. The whole way he's not interested in helping the Time Lords, and they bring up, "Oh, but it's the Daleks!" And he's like, "Oh yeah, he's, he's gonna he's gonna help out." So yeah, I mean, I guess even if you don't know who they are, they kind of try and instill in your mind who they are you know it's uh, it's interesting to me because there's a theme that flows through this story which is interesting and that is the 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 reliance or the belief of science and scientists right so mm -hmm. something that at a certain level we're revisiting it i think i think uh we may have had nick Nick freeze there he was going to make a very important point about the uh about the science theme 
in the show. So I don't know if you want to pick up on that, Adam. Um, but it was clear. I mean, clearly that was there. There was definitely, a, you know, a, how, how, how far can science go? So, kind of like science without the heart, I guess you would say. Like, Yeah. Just, you know, well, it's, you know, it's interesting, too, because, I mean, it, there is there is science from the standpoint. I mean, obviously, you know, you've got Davros, who is a good scientist, but they also give him one really dogmatically kind of dumb trait in that, you know, he he is sure there is no life on other planets. He's mm. insistent and nobody can say anything about there being life on other planets. So it's a interesting case where they do give him one purely you, irrational. You trait. know what I assumed about that, though? I assumed there must because he's a scientist, there must be this great backlog of of research confirming, you know, flawed research, obviously, but there must be, there must be the, the, the their equivalent of the, of the science journals must just be, you know, ha have reached that conclusion. And, and that's why he was so adamant about the point um, that it wasn't because yeah. like, it was almost like a religious conviction because it's not one that you would expect a scientist here to have. So I just assumed, Oh, well maybe science there, you know, they explored that issue and the greatest minds concluded no, no alien life anywhere. Um, so, done but uh, yeah i mean obviously part of it comes from his feeling that you know the college of the supreme beings in the universe so you know you know it's, it's the whole you know there this is the whole universe our world's the only important one but uh but yeah i suppose another direction they could have gone with it would have been the idea that <laughs> it could it could have been kind of you know a classic doctor who idea where where you know they, they pull out a lot where the scientist is really working with aliens in the background because he's got his alien buddies he's kind of working with he doesn't want anybody else to look into aliens because he's kind of got the secret contact yeah but, uh, yeah but you know i know maybe they even threw that in as a red herring because they've kind of so, played with I, that I idea think we before. got nick again Can we you got nick back I'm, I'm back. Sorry about that, guys. I don't know what happened there, but we just dropped out. So, uh, so you were making a point about science in the show. We were try we, we tried our best to kind of carry it, but I think we got uh, we got bogged down in talking about aliens. Uh, so. <laughs> sure, that's all good. But what, what was it you were trying to say? Oh, I was going to say one of the things that I, I love about the story is that there was uh, there's this idea behind who you believe when it comes to science evidence, right? And so. <laughs> Davros, you know, tells every, you know, the, the main scientist says that Davros says that he doesn't believe that there's life on other planets. And then the doctor says, well, let's wait till you see the test results that you're going to get back from, from like mm -hmm. my blood and stuff like that. And the guy's like, what? This doesn't make sense. Right. And then in the story, um, you know, D Davros still kind of chides the guy, if, if I remember correctly, saying, you know, like, hey, you can't believe everything that you have. And then quietly takes a doctor into another room and goes, hey, man, I know you're from the future. I'm going to torture you if you don't tell me that, everything that happens to the Daleks. You know, that was brilliant. That was yeah. brilliant because, uh, number one, that scared me that moment. Um, because you realized, like, number one, this guy's a genius. And number two, like, the, the just the, all the things that he is about to undo – like, like, and obviously, you know, again, hindsight deprived me of some of the true terror this would have posed. But if this, if I were watching it when it came out, I realized you were being presented with the possibility of everything that had happened in the show being undone and, and unfolding horribly. Um, so I thought that was a really, really cool thing that he was doing with the, and, and just the, you know, the, you know, the way he was just going, you know, okay, in this battle, this is what happened. And he was, he was going through every single moment where the Daleks had failed and, and 
that that was a very interesting moment in the show. Yeah, I love I love that scene. It's also neat because I, I think a couple of those things that he mentions, you know, are, are never seen on screen. I'm pretty sure a, a bunch of them are. So like, you know, we start to learn that there's a history of the Daleks well beyond what we've ever seen on screen. And I, I personally, when it comes to Doctor Who, have always loved those mentions or those those moments where they talk about things that we've not ever seen on screen that we know that the Doctor has and his companions have continuing adventures and other moments in which they interact with things. To me, that just broadens that universe so much. And the uh, now now in terms of the science theme, it seemed to me, and again, we I think. We kind of tried to touch on this, me and Adam, when you were gone, but it seems like it was, um, it was sort of, you know, Davros is like the embodiment of, of scientific rationality without any of the, uh, I don't know what you yes. and any of the heart of the compassion or any of that stuff. Uh, uh-huh. and, and in 1977, you know, I, I you know, I, I was born in 76, so I'm a little bit after that, but I know people that are from, you know, it, that that seems very true to that that period of time. Um, well, it and, was it was right at that time where we were inventing neutron bombs. You know, mm-hmm. like you know, like hey, we can make even better, worse bombs for ourselves. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah I f- I feel like now we're maybe a little bit jaded about that kind of stuff. So 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 it's, it doesn't quite have the impact. But but yeah, I, I liked the um I, I liked the whole angle. Like there was a, there was that the conversation between him and the doctor. Uh, which again was mirrored in the more recent uh, episode last season, but uh, but that that sort of back and forth they had was was uh, was was pretty interesting. And again, it was a, a thing that you you know it it took its time. They they allowed them to have a real exchange, which I think would be harder in a modern show because you'd want things to get to the next moment. Um, even in shows that are very dialogue heavy, they don't seem to to rest on it the way you know you saw in an episode like this yeah Yeah. another thing that's interesting in this story to me is the fact that we introduce a group of outsiders and those would be the mutos people who have lived on the outside Uh uh-oh Oh, another uh, another pause. Well, well, that happens sometimes (laughs) with Skype. Um, But uh, but the Mutos, I I thought they were a pretty interesting concept. Um, Yeah. And and they and they kind of occupied like the middle ground right between between the two groups. Um, And I feel like we've seen a lot of a lot of uh, people like them in uh, in the in the new who as well. I don't know if we've have we actually had Mutos in. In New Who? I don't believe we have had Mutos in the in New Who New New Who at yeah, all, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, but yeah, I mean they're 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 interesting from the standpoint too that they uh, you know, I mean they do they do show the whole Khaled you know racial purity thing that they have going, so that's a, a significance there. I mean, yeah, that was all uh, obviously another thing. I mean, the, 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 this is about genetic engineering, and yeah, you know, that's I mean that's a pretty you know. That's a. Uh, it was a pretty interesting subject for the, uh, um, this idea that because even the even the good Khalids 
were fully on board with the whole genetic modification program that you know they they were just like we were we're all we're okay with what you're doing we just don't want you to strip us of you know our basic humanity but yeah but by all means yeah. make us a master race um so so you know the, the, even the good guys are still pretty dodgy in that respect um but uh but i but i also i i, I don't know that it, it gets and and this is something that it's not unique to this episode but the whole idea of the daleks is just a very i don't know it's a very interesting kind of monster um and and this even though like you were saying the daleks aren't necessarily important in themselves but this shows sort of the 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 path that gets you to the daleks so Mm -hmm. yeah and it's worth mentioning too this episode was actually written by terry nation who's the guy that invented the daleks and you know and did the original dalek episode too so it's yeah a lot of episodes don't you know, there are plenty of episodes that don't quite get the tone of the Daleks mm. quite right. But this is, this is, I mean, this is, you know, as canonical as you can get with Doctor Who as far as the Daleks go. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it is interesting to mention that um, Genesis of the Daleks does not fit exactly with the original story that we get of no. the Daleks. The very first, <laughs> first Doctor story that introduces them. And, and it's kind of hard to say, well, this doesn't count when clearly Terry Nation wrote it, right? So I know, that, that's uh, as canonical as you can get with Doctor Who. So, 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 so it, do you it, think it's, it's a concept just, that really it doesn't and it's fine. So, like, well, also, exactly, it's a good also, story. You know, if you grew up before the internet and before DVR and all that stuff, it was, it was a lot easier, I think, to, to slip de- that past people. Well, 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 yeah, well, not just slip that past people, but to say, well, we did that ten years ago or however long ago, and you know, we need, you know, we can we can adjust it now. Nobody's going to remember yeah. every last detail about it. Um, yeah. But I think now that you know the people are, you know, if you if you deviate a little bit from, you know, well, wait, that character liked pink. He didn't like blue. That wasn't his favorite. You know that that can that can yeah. really bring oh, bring the, the wrath of the internet upon you. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's best to kind of view Doctor Who as each each story in Doctor Who is a story being told about the Doctor. That way, that way, all the all the factual errors don't matter. It's just it's a story about the Doctor. But and again, <laughs> well, you know, I, again, I'm not as much of an old classic Who person as you or Nick. Uh, when I when I before I watched the episode, I looked up a little bit about it and I saw that that it was the the same writer who had created the Daleks, and yeah. and I felt the same way. Like I felt like. Not necessarily because I wasn't as familiar with the previous episodes, but I felt like I was in very confident hands. Like whoever was doing this clearly had a had a vision of of what yeah. the Daleks are about. Because you could easily see something like Davros being ridiculous, like just not working for whatever reason. Even even like the you know he's a guy he's like a a weirdo in a in a in a, in a chair, <laughs> um, and that looks a little bit like a Dalek base and uh and. and but it were you know the, you were you could feel that the writer you know was was um you know was was on top of things it sounds like we might not quite get nick back yet so um you might uh, not we'll keep okay. going but yeah no davros is a great character i mean it, it would like you said it would have been really easy for him to be cheesy to go oh let's add this let's add this creator guy behind the daleks mm. and you know in a lot of cases that could have just been too much but they they really pulled it off and uh 
but yeah, it's it's uh you know I mean it's 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 tough. The Daleks are tough to write for because they've been done so well. I mean, I think I, I kind of like it when they leave the Daleks alone for a while because yeah. you know, at this point it's more likely that you're going to get diminishing returns than you know get something good with them in the new series. Okay. All right, so it's been 45 minutes, so I'm going to end the episode there. And, uh, and and you and I, I guess, we'll be back on around Tuesday or so to talk about the, the most recent the episode. The new episode, yes, so, yes. All right. I've gotten so, that in yet. Okay, did you did you watch it or? I, I have I have watched it, yes. Okay. I, I even, yeah, so I'm, I'm ready. Okay, all right, cool. All right, so, so, uh, so all right, so we will be back uh, soon, and we will talk to you later. <laughs>